We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the best ball finals. There's big money on the line this week. There's the BBM tree, obviously, with a huge prize pool at the top. And there's a multitude of other contests over in Underdog Fantasy. We've obviously got the best ball tournament over at the FFPC. We're going to be talking today about our Superflex team that has advanced to the final over there, which obviously we're in the final, Sean. We're going to be excited about that. You mentioned on the show earlier this week, Conor O'Driscoll has a couple of teams rolling in there. He did win it last year team that he actually co-managed with last year i believe that they uh, have a team here and they're running again so it could be back-to-back repeat exact same combinations but rooting for him over there and more huge prizes on the line so it's going to be a fun weekend sean coming up here in nfl week 17 and obviously it's the fantasy football playoff finals as well for those dynasty leagues for those redraft leagues uh, so it's going to be an awesome awesome weekend and the last couple of weeks have been pretty fun because I've, I've been seeing on social media people sharing their tickets that are advancing through i even seen some people winning huge prizes and dfs over the last two weeks so it's always awesome to see the community here for as we've talked about road of his overtime winning those prizes it's also great to see our friends around the industry having big successful days and who knows sean maybe week 17 we we get to get into some of those championship spots as well so hopefully that is the case Week 17, what are some of your favorite uh, kind of things? I, I know I was about to say, what's your favorite memory? I'm sure I'm sure, I'm sure, it involves Jamal Charles. But uh, what are you thinking here heading into week 17? Is, is it one that is filled with optimism here and, and hopefulness? It is. Yeah, anytime that you're into the finals of a huge contest or have a chance to win a main event, something like that, your heart beats a little bit faster. You have that spring in your step. You also have you know, that sense of, the, ex- the excited anxiety where you're like, you, you feel like you're so close and you don't know what's going to happen. We've had a couple of different times actually where had other folks reach out and want to potentially chop some prizes. And again, just to think about the good luck, the time that I sort of declined ended up winning and the time that we accepted ended up losing. <laughs> so both of those worked out pretty well, but you had to be back in a finals after last year's probably the worst memory is all of those baker mayfield passes 
right into the, the defensive line. But Sean, it's going to come full circle. We have we're going to talk with this team with Baker Mayfield. Well, Connor was Connor was giving us a, a hard time. He was really joking with me about like your life decisions when oh. you are relying on Baker Mayfield to come through for you at these big moments. Colin, how did we get? Well, before we we asked that, I I do also want to mention Zachary Kruger. I had, I think, four teams drafted with him, two which made the best ball tournament playoffs. He did a fantastic job. Connor not only has two teams into the best ball tournament finals, but was we very much appreciate the regular season best ball mania winner mentioning Connor in one of his tweets about folks who he used their research. And Connor did a fantastic series of articles on the site part of the best ball workshop that we put out every year and those fantastic best ball tools you and connor did a number of drafts this offseason for folks to listen to you and zach did a best ball series the best ball content on the podcast the feed for that make sure you listen to it if you want to get more fantastic work in the future the three of you did just a remarkable job in terms of getting people ready for the 2022 season that will be the case again next year in 2023 but yeah baker mayfield how does how does he get involved in this i don't know We're going, i i don't know the one thing i will say is best ball for people who have been here with us on the show sean from the early days i believe i don't know i've lost count there's this is a fourth season i believe maybe third season fourth season is good but best ball has like almost has it grown with the podcast is it because we started the podcast that the popularity has expanded so much i, I oh, don't probably, know probably probably i mean best ball being means. like the monster that's eaten all the rest of fantasy so i'll start ha- again. <laughs> <laughs> no we joke of course there are some just amazing best ball yeah. game providers out there and it is such a, a fun way to play the entire off season and be able to do this wonderful hobby all year round but, but what I was, the, the actual real reference I was making is, you know, people may be listening to OT find it this year for the first time and we're talking about best ball and maybe they didn't jump into any best ball drafts, but this is only getting bigger. The, you know, the toothpaste has not been put back into the tube here for best ball and it's going to continue to grow and develop. The prize pools are going to get bigger. We're going to be talking about it all off season. We'll be drafting all off season. So I w- I'd be sending people, maybe they, they haven't got in. It's, it's going to be something that we talk about on the podcast. It'll be up on rotaviz.com. You'll be able to get set up. And some of the, you mentioned like the articles that Connor done, helping people to actually win $1 million this season. We, we cannot say that that there is the only reason, but you know, people who are new to the game and, and winning those prizes. So check out all that content over on rotaviz.com as well. Sean, you mentioned Baker Mayfield. This was, I'll read through our, our lineup, I guess, that, that hit this week. So, you have to have your starting lineup. It is super flex. We are a Jalen Hurts team, so that did not work out for us. We also have Marcus Mariota, who is out for the rest of the season. We have Geno Smith, who it felt like we were going to be relying on heading into this week. He has been a superstar for us, a 20th round draft pick this season in this format and has obviously been, been tremendous. But Baker Mayfield, Sean, puts up 17.4 points. He has two passing touchdowns, 230 yards passing but we have Derek Henry who got off to a real hot start against Houston slowed down Houston actually beating the Titans this week in a, a huge upset and it puts pressure on the 
the Titans. Now, we talked last week, Sean, when we were doing some of our kind of thought processes for the playoffs and who might get through. And that was a situation we were talking about the, the game between the, the Jaguars and the Titans for how that division plays up. I believe now, no matter what happens this coming week, they face off against each other in week 18 and it will be the winner of that division based on how things have gone no matter who wins it that ends up winning the division so that's basically a playoff game at this particular point Jarek mckinnon who was on a hot streak and slowed down this week 12.8 points for him we get justin jefferson 31.3 points we get Devonte smith 31.3 points we also get tj hawkinson 42.4 we get drake london 15.6 we get t higgins 26.8 t higgins with a big boy touchdown on a nine-yard reception here. He gets eight receptions, 128 yards in this one. So we needed players to hit. But players, Sean, this week, they hit and they went above and beyond in hitting. This is a 12-team league, top three advanced to the final. We advanced quite comfortably. It was a case that even on Sunday or Saturday night as the games happened here, we were so far clear. at them. And the way it finished up, we were uh, 24 points ahead of second. And a 31-point gap on fourth. So quite comfortably true, Sean. Almost 200 points. I, I'm, I'm interested when we see the overall scores for this week. I think this may top that out as the, the top score this week. So Baker Mayfield, Sean, who last year you joked about it, but came down to Monday Night Football. We were facing off against Draco's team. Who wins the top prize? Who wins the 100K? It wasn't us, Sean. It wasn't Jarvis Landry. And it wasn't Baker Mayfield as those ducks into the turf continue to happen but imagine how glorious it will be if baker mayfield smashes this week and he leads us to the, the first place in this tournament not the same prize money not the same prize money but but we'll take it <laughs> right and the Superflex tournament i feel like was so successful for the ffpc they'll have a much bigger one almost mm. certainly i don't want to speak for them but i mean they filled multiple versions of this three, people absolutely loved yeah, it three tournaments they filled in the end up so yeah and it, it's just so much fun to play it you look at our draft and we start out with jalen hurts who ends up until the injury there is the number one quarterback come back with justin jefferson the number one wide receiver who is also a historically good wide receiver Back in the third round, you get Derrick Henry, who has been the running back sort of fantasy world breaker over the last three, four years, and is having another very, very solid season. I wrote in last week's article about this, that the range of outcomes tool loved him, the win the flex tool, which helps you kind of work through the implied points at the different positions by draft slot, said that he's a guy who, especially in some of these wide receiver avalanche drafts, shouldn't be dropping to where he is when you get him at a discount take him i love the fact that the tools played a big role in getting us onto a guy that in most seasons we would have been reluctant to take to be able to start quarterback wide receiver running back with stars there i mean that's something that is sort of unique to the Superflex tournament there are so many ways to play this you can go with the star quarterbacks early you can go by fading the quarterback position entirely you can take two quarterbacks you can take four quarterbacks as we did i think that we made the baker mayfield pick under my protest and so column i think you came through and got us a guy who could now win us the tournament so i very much appreciate that for anyone that is interested in hearing who made what picks or who pushed for what picks or what picks that we maybe said that we weren't taking or we should have taken them, uh, that there show is posted up on the Road of His Overtime podcast feed. It was reposted at the end of last week. So people can listen in in real time and 
hear what uh, what our thoughts were when making those picks. So uh, I think that's fun. I listened back. Uh, we, we can hear those picks uh, and what happened. And when you listen back, was it mostly, oh, we wish we hadn't taken this guy so we don't get credit at all? That's probably a good part, but I'm sure there's other good stuff that's mixed in there as well, Sean. But uh, we'll say that, that Sean had the, the better the better picks than I, than I had. That doesn't seem true. That doesn't seem true. TJ Hawkinson, somebody that Colin wanted in every draft. And I mean, it was strange drafting in a situation where I was the TJ Hawkinson skeptic because usually I'm the person wanting him in every single draft. We talked about this a little bit in the first show, but his move from the Lions to the Minnesota Vikings in humorous when we consider the quality of quarterback that Kirk Cousins is, but you have this offense that has been so wonderfully put together by the new coaching staff, a real win by the front office in terms of the hire there. You have Justin Jefferson, so defenses can't focus on you. TJ Hawkinson has been unlocked by this move to the Minnesota Vikings. Absolutely. And that, this is where some of the, the strange parts come into it. So if it's a case that, like, I'm sure there's some teams that potentially have Cam Akers advancing to the, the final rounds of, say this tournament or other tournaments for example best ball mania you know you get into situations where the team may not be all in and that player for example as well baker mayfield baker mayfield is not on that team if we go on i'm on the ffpc website as we record this he is wearing a carolina panthers jersey and his picture so there is these situations where you can't actually project players changing teams and how that situation would go but this is where again betting on talent of those players can shine through as the season progresses so again similarly we couldn't uh, we didn't think the season would be as difficult for Drake London as it went along but then come this time the the talent plays true again so Hawkinson though is in my opinion one of the top three to four tight ends in terms of talent in the NFL but when we look at how things and how his usage has gone at times that hasn't always clicked the trade now Sean and it's easy to look in hindsight but it feels at this point a little bit baffling um former first round draft pick high draft pick and uh, gets moved on and is, is just shining here for the the vikings but that is interesting when and and would you put that down as a, a bet on talent play i don't think we're going to say the same about baker mayfield but with the hawkinson you talked about daniel jones on the show earlier this week and if he moved team how that might reflect on him is it a, is that a case of uh, judgment or just pure luck that hawkinson is now you know performing like this on the vikings versus when we were drafting him as say tight end six and he was somebody who i i was even having to, to hold myself back on drafting another one of those guys is on this roster's t higgins he was in that boat as well but what's your thoughts on you know you draft a player then he gets traded then he's absolutely smashing is that a case of just fortunes falling in your favor here it definitely is and yet the talent element that you mentioned has come through the efficiency numbers the people were concerned about this past offseason again our argument during the draft portion of the fantasy season was that he was dealing with double and triple teams and he was dealing with two significant injuries as he was playing through that and then you have all the questions about obviously you're also playing with Jared Goff so those three elements if you can remove a couple of them and with Amon Ross St. Brown emerging at the end of last season, you don't think he's going to have the same defensive attention. Well, what happens is he goes to the Vikings and you have Justin Jefferson. So you don't have the same defensive attention. You're not getting double and triple teams when Justin Jefferson is out there on the field. Arguably a lateral move from Goff to Cousins, but definitely not a downgrade. 
And then you have a situation here where he's a little bit healthier. And to have a guy who was a first round pick and was not a bust to move teams like this, it's been pretty exciting. So you get those points, and especially with the tight end premium element, anytime that you have a tight end who could be a real volume hog, and that's been the situation too. One of the guys who launched Connor's second team into the finals was Tyler Higby. And so again, you have a situation there where Higby, not a big talent, but yet anytime that you could have a volume type of tight end, there's that potential for it to be a league winning pick for you. We're excited that that worked out that way. This was a three tight end lineup for us. The other couple of guys that we made bets on Noah Fant and Trey McBride, those have not necessarily panned out. And yet Fant has a chance to hit in any given week. He hit the previous week and that definitely helped Trey McBride, someone who has looked a little bit better more recently. We'll see if he gets the quarterback play he needs in week 17 to perhaps contribute to a lineup. But Colin, this, this is kind of the dream draft again for us as we go through. We're hitting on our guys, and then you just hope you don't get wiped out by the injuries. So you have that Henry pick. You come back through with T. Higgins. He's still one of the earliest wide receivers taken there. I believe the wide receiver eight, and he's still available again because quarterbacks are going in this range. The third round of this draft featured Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, and Tua. Cousins and Tua have, have panned out pretty nicely you come back through and the pick right before us was trevor lawrence lawrence on fire now as of late but we're able then to get higgins you come back through in the fifth and we select Brees hall the teams that win especially in best ball where you can't fill in your deficits and you're just dealing with the lineup that you have and you've got to pick the players from that they tend to be the teams that stay relatively healthy now this team other than that has been okay from a health perspective but the thing that we talk about all the time that structural drafting will help you do is that it amplifies the strengths that you have in player selection but it also allows you to at times and certainly it's not like a hundred percent advance a hundred percent team win i mean you get down here at the end and it's the very best of the very best that are winning and or the luckiest you can't have that for every single one of your teams only one team wins in the end obviously but you're going to have some teams that still make it, even with a key injury, Brees Hall, someone who is probably our highest exposure player across different formats, definitely in best ball mania. He was, he goes out here, but with the structural draft, then we're able to get TJ Hawkinson, someone who was very expensive in the FFPC in the sixth round. As we continue to wait at quarterback in that round, we get Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Jared Goff, Ryan Tannehill, Coming off in round seven, you get Davis Mills, Carson Wentz. <laughs> we go ahead and take Baker Mayfield in round nine. And I think you could argue that we might have waited even longer or selected someone else entirely still. But the value of having Mayfield, who was going to be going to the Carolina Panthers and then ends up moving to the Rams, if you have players who are likely to stick in some capacity somewhere, then you have that outside chance of them making that contribution. Really, this team was saved and was pushed through at key junctures by that Geno Smith pick in the last round. And so, Colin, the other kind of fun thing from this draft is that we can say our half-joking, half-serious Seahawks-Jets Week 17 banter during the offseason 
has gotten us here. We have a Seattle Seahawk quarterback as someone who may be the key to finishing first. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and when we look back, Sean, funny enough, at that time, it may be a case that we thought that Baker Mayfield may have ended up a Seahawk at that potential point because um, we were back in the early days pre moving for that that trade i believe at that point but when we look through a geno smith no fan big day would would help this team uh quite a bit what i want to talk about though sean is kind of the advancement rate so we've looked at many of these tournaments people will be talking about who is what percentage of players are moving through the rounds and for example josh jacobs is somebody who would have advanced a huge amount of teams to the point that they got to this week didn't have a performance this week and then obviously that's going to affect the rate of those players getting through to the final but i want to talk about it and obviously it's going to lead to the potential of winning that's going to lead us to our win bet segment of today's show you can sign up today to receive a special sports bet offer bet 100 to win 100 download the win bet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning sean there is 33 teams that have advanced to this final one of the things that i did love about this contest was the way that they were structured it's 12 team leagues you advance the top two after the regular season portion it was two teams advance and then two teams advance again and into a three team point at this so it was 12 team leagues all the way through so this week three teams would advance to that final there was 11 leagues heading into this so there'll obviously be two other people that we faced off against this week that are advancing and then those other teams as well but as we look to chase that ten thousand dollar top prize in this particular bracket the part I found interesting was I like to make up spreadsheets in these tournaments to see how many people are you know, competing with us with similar players across our 12-team league. So in this particular one, we had Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was the most co- consistently drafted player across those 12 teams. There was actually six total teams out of the 12 that had Jalen Hurts. We were the only one of the, the six to progress. So that's 50% of the teams having him. He misses this week which I'm interested to see when the 33-team league is set up this coming week because if he is active this week, it could be massive. He may not play, but it could be massive for this OT team. Uh, some other players would have fallen into similar brackets was Justin Jefferson. There was four Justin Jefferson teams in it. That was us and the three others. We were the only Justin Jefferson team to progress, and that's obviously with him having that massive performance. T. Higgins had a massive performance. It was two teams. We are the only one to progress. We also had Devontae Smith, two teams. We were the only one to progress. 
PJ Hawkinson two teams only our team progressed so it wasn't just a case of having one player have those massive days it's obviously the combination of having those guys all on a single roster that creates that kind of powerhouse to get a almost 200 point score this week we had three Drake London teams heading into this week only our team progressed so out of this league Sean we had a huge amount of uniqueness heading in but it'll be interesting to see then because again as I mentioned it wasn't just that you needed certain players to get through this week it was the combination of those certain players which many teams will not have so in this league we were the only Geno Smith team we're the only Baker Mayfield team I'm going to say we're the only Chris Evans team and the only Isaiah Spiller team, Sean, but I don't know if that makes much. We're the only Sky Moore team, which isn't getting as much. We're the only Taekwon Thornton team, which didn't get as much. But Sean has said Taekwon Thornton's going to win somebody a lot of money. Is it going to be in week 17? And is it going to be us? We're the only Trey McBride team. We are, uh, you know, I I think we have a lot of uniqueness and I'm hoping that carries over to this final. What's your thoughts on, you know, having that unique team um, potentially coming in here against the other 33 guys? We see a lot of those players with similar rosters or elements of the roster get knocked out. I have a feeling that as we get into that actual 33 team final, we're still going to find a lot of our guys there. So it's going to be the mix. If Jalen Hurts can come back and play, that would be huge. One of the elements that we probably will run into in the final is that if Jefferson and Hawkinson hit, the Kirk Cousins managers are going to be in a fantastic situation. Colin, if we had known that these two guys were going to end up on the same team, we might have been a little bit more interested in Cousins for it. But again, that kind of illustrates the trade-offs that you face in one of these super flex drafts. We had the number nine pick. And so by going Hertz, Jefferson, Jefferson at the 204, we would have had to pick Cousins there in order to get him. He does not come back around to our spot at the 309. So no realistic scenario in which we would have had Cousins even knowing that Hawkinson would end up on that team. The weird thing about somebody like Cousins is like, you know, you look at the the performances of those two guys this past week, you know, about 70 points combined between the two of them when we look at what they managed to do. But when we look at what Kurt Cousins said, he just had a 24-point day. You know, I, I always think there's a, a huge cap on what you're going to get from Cousins, particularly because there really is not a Russian element there. But he has 299 passing yards, three touchdowns this week. But, you know, Baker Mayfield had 17 points. So you're getting seven more points there from 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 Cousins, even though his his two stars had, had monster performances. So I'm glad that we still made the decision we did. The other interesting thing here is that it's actually going to be pretty difficult to have a Jefferson cousins team so that part may also save us from some combinations in the final that would be suboptimal for us i think to win colin we're going to have to hit on these other guys again we're going to have to have our third straight week where in a super flex format we only play one quarterback it's sort of humorous in its own way to have taken four quarterbacks and yet be advancing while only playing one the nice thing here is we could have advanced with a zero in the qb position which could always be what we're facing the next week with baker mayfield <laughs> with baker mayfield we have baker mayfield against the chargers that's a game where i think he could put up some points obviously that seahawks jets matchup has deteriorated from the seahawks side as the jets have emerged as this unbelievable defense now one of the things i thought in terms of trevor lawrence and where he's at now and we'll be interesting to see how many teams have a lawrence evan ingram pairing 
in the finals because Lawrence in the weather and against the New York Jets defense doesn't have a huge fantasy week. Obviously, Zay Jones gets completely locked down. They don't get much from Christian Kirk either, and yet they easily win this game. They probably could have done more if they had needed to. Lawrence demonstrating that combination of arm strength, quick release, but also the mobility. And it's a mobility to extend plays and make a pass, and it's mobility to run some of these bootlegs, which gets the defense going in the wrong direction. And then off of those bootlegs, he can also run, which gives you the points with his legs. He now looks like an absolute star. Geno Smith has played well on the season, but he does more or less get completely wiped out by the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have a little bit of an underrated defense, and there are times especially where they can get to the quarterback when things get one-dimensional. I was disappointed in this game that especially when Geno struggled in the first half, we got a lot of runs. It was sort of a non-competitive game plan from the Seahawks. This was a game they needed to win, and yet they use Kenneth Walker extensively, where his final line looks good, but he's also generating plenty of negative plays. They're not able to extend drives. The Chiefs could have humiliated him to a greater extent had they wanted to push that late. I guess I'm not that optimistic that Geno will put up big numbers against the Jets. You might have to hope that the Jets suffer a little bit of this malaise that kind of drags over from what's happening at the QB position, forcing them out of the playoffs, the disappointment with that. If Tyler Lockett comes back, it would really help as DK Metcalf played well in the first half of this game. But overall, the Seahawks didn't have weapons to challenge the Chiefs at different levels with different routes with multiple guys. Once it became clear that it was DK Metcalf or nothing, the passing game really stopped until absolute garbage time. So from that perspective, this is going to be a tough matchup for the Seahawks in week 17, which kind of moves you back to, again, that Baker Mayfield play and just praying that Jalen Hurts can come out and get the job done, especially because Hurts, if it goes through Devontae Smith, and I think Devontae Smith, again, one of the best stories of the season, if you can get that matchup, that would be the key to me to winning the $10,000. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting when we look at the players. You, Brees Hall obviously is on this roster. Just looking at that draft board again and going back at the potential options to pivot off him, which I don't think we were doing. But Jalen Waddle was there. He was the next wide receiver drafted at that point. Uh, I think he he would make this team even better. But the other thing to note, John, is it can't be classed as a, a zero RB team. It probably can't even be a hero RB team. But it did take Derrick Henry, as you mentioned, in the third round. Brees Hall was the other running back that was taken in the fourth round no other running back was taken to the 14th round that was Isaiah Spiller next up in the 15th round was Terry and Davis Price 17th round Chris Evans 18th round Jarek McKinnon this team has got there in a league where you have to start two running backs basically with Derek Henry and scraps until we got Jarek McKinnon having that breakout so interesting looking at it to to see how this team has been able to develop based on not really having much and it, it just you mentioned that if we had Brees Hall, but I think all the other pieces have worked out pretty well. So it's going to be interesting to see injury reports this week. We have Christian Watson, for example, to keep an eye on. We also have Jalen Hurts, who we are eagerly anticipating. But I think, Sean, you're being a little bit harsh on, on Gino. I think we could get a Gino ba- uh, Baker both getting 20-plus points and, and sliding in there. But the ideal situation would be they both get 20-plus points. But the way this works out is it's not an additional flex for the, the quarterback. It is either... Uh, basically any position can go in the flex but 
in this situation if we had to have other players in the flex but both quarterbacks scored over 20 points i think that's the way we win it we uh we absolutely smash again this week so my question is 197 points this week is a, a huge haul what do we need to come in first place here we want a top five finish that's where the the prize structure really starts to move up closer towards the the 10k mark but um what what do we what do we need points wise is 185 going to do it do we need to get 200 what are we looking for i think 217 217 <laughs> all players getting 40 points this week um how, how are we doing that how, how are we uh, adding up those points Last well you're gonna have on... to have that vikings run <laughs> run up the score type of situation you need a lot of those short targets to tj hawkinson is there a reason that he can't catch 15 passes this next week that tight end premium element I'll would be for big 13 if we can get that again we'll settle for 13 if we can get it the other part here that could potentially benefit us is the difficulty of getting both burrow and higgins now difficulty not certainly not impossible you have burrow in the first round you have higgins dropping back through a little bit further obviously we took him a little bit ahead of where he normally goes in our draft early in the fourth he had come back to you in the fourth one of the things that i think is helpful here is that that bills Bengals week 17 matchup was one that was the biggest focus really of the offseason i know it factored in for me very heavily in terms of how i wanted to build best ball teams and not even actually taking the most obvious plays not really taking the Bills side of it as heavily as the Bengals side of it. You could obviously do Joe Burrow with Higgins much less expensively than you can do a lot of these other guys. And so even though those teams didn't make it, I still like that structure because Burrow and Higgins now, I mean, those teams are, are more or less through, or you could very easily have those teams through. The good part of it for teams who didn't get that Bills exposure, maybe don't have the player running it back through to with is that this was a catastrophic week for stefan Diggs. he's had such a, a wonderful season and yet partly because of the weather partly because of how the bears were willing to give up almost everything else you mentioned in the previous show do you get massive running back performances from both devin singletary and james cook in that weather and if the bears can't defend the run then you're going to end up with a game like that it was just very unfortunate that that turned out to be the exact matchup the Diggs managers got in week 16. He's had such a beautiful season. One of the top three or four, definitely five or six wide receivers in the NFL. They just didn't need him in this game. And so right now, if you have Diggs and made it through somewhere because you had such a magnificent overall build and you would have been in a great position to at least get there, if you had other players carry you, Diggs is going to have been mostly been wiped out I love that for Diggs managers who got through, but also in our situation, you could easily imagine that there will be you know, virtually no representation of Diggs in that final 33 teams. That helps us because we need that shootout with Bengals, Bills to get Higgins to that point. I mean, to, to win the tournament, regardless of what the score is, you're going to probably need multiple 30-point wide receivers. Maybe you're going to need three to even four of them with our particular quarterback limited situation. Those guys can get there, but we need to get there without pulling the rest of the teams up. That portion of it will be helpful. The bills obviously against the bears able to shut down that passing game, but they have struggled previous to week 16 in shutting down the passing game. So this should be a decent matchup for burrow chase Higgins, those guys, 
you kind of hope that it goes through the big guns as opposed to Trent Irwin, which is a, an interesting development that we've gotten recently. I think that game is going to be a real key. And then you're probably going to need one sort of out of nowhere player to come through and put up a score for you. Jerk McKinnon isn't an out of nowhere player, but in this game against the Broncos, you're coming right back to one where in that matchup previously, he was the guy who really worked for him. I don't know where the Denver is going to be after the complete collapse against the Rams. And maybe that the chiefs are able to do whatever they want. It may be that the Broncos come back out much more fired up and they don't want that as the last kind of taste in their mouth for the season week 18 will obviously be there but if you could get the big upset from against kansas city and one of the things that we do see with this any given sunday type of element is a team with the defensive strength that the broncos have they could bounce back they could create some turnovers kansas city has been pretty consistent in giving up some weird plays during the course of the season jerry judy looking fantastic now Cortland sutton comes back and plays okay in that game if the chiefs need to use mckinnon that would be perfect for us, he has the upside to be the run pass back. If you can break a couple touchdowns, and if the Broncos are able to shut down the other guys, if you can get an eight, nine reception game for McKinnon, that portion of it would be huge. But the player I'm really looking at is Drake London. He had a disappointing season, and then across weeks 14 and 15, he has this target share that is over 40%. He comes back against this elite Baltimore Ravens defense and is again the focal point for Desmond Ritter. Ritter fails to throw for 100 yards in his debut. He comes back and looks better against the Ravens, throws 33 times, completes 22 passes. And of those 33 attempts, nine of them go to Drake London. He catches seven for 96. I think we need a situation in week 17 where the Falcons are looking at this from a coaching staff perspective where if they don't develop Ritter, if they don't show off this top 10 pick in Drake London to full effect, then everybody's going to get fired. And so as opposed to their normal attack, you have a very exploitable Arizona Cardinals defense. You go out there, Ritter throws 35 times, 15 of the attempts are to London. He catches 11 he breaks a big play. He scores a touchdown. I think the path to a title goes through Drake London. Oh, I think uh, I think that was the player I was going to mention, so you beat me to it. I think it's going to be interesting to see how his season finishes up, and hopefully it's a, a big game here. You also mentioned how much we need those uh, Vikings, and I'm hoping that that's based on them being on the losing side of uh, this game against the Packers in a high-scoring shootout this coming week. But uh, that's going to be fun. The other part, and I keep going back to Jalen Hurts, but – the fun and the the strategy and some of the difficulty of this format is how difficult it is to pair the elite wide receiver with the elite quarterback and the the structure that you have to go with the team and Hertz and Devontae Smith could be a huge part of it obviously if Hertz can play paired with Devontae Smith might be a, another unique combination there but I'm looking forward to it Sean starts off Thursday night football we get the Cowboys and the Titans so we're hoping Derrick Henry is rolling up and down that field, uh, picking up those TDs. And Sean, what about those screen passes? Let's get Derrick Henry a couple of those this week as well. Take it to the house. But that is going to do it for the second show of the week. We'll be hopefully talking about this next week with you know first place finish to, to go along with it. But we'll see how it all plays out over the, the course of the coming days. We will have one more show for you this week. It will be dropping on Thursday. So be sure you're subscribed to the Road of His Overtime podcast feed to get that as soon as it is available. 
Of course, I mentioned earlier in the show, we did record this draft live. It was split into three parts. They are up on the Road of His Overtime podcast feed from the end of last week. Posted it up as some bonus content. So check that out. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime My co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. Check out his work up on roadofhis.com. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.